0: All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is on here again, and I want to welcome you to another installment of Moa's Art, where God dwells, Jesus reigns, the Holy Spirit guides, and we live in the agape. Amen. Amen. That means I love you unconditionally. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus for allowing us to love like you love. All right, so today <clears throat> I'm coming back and I'm going to talk to you all about uh, the secret to leveraging reality by maintaining success. So we got to use our reality by maintaining the success that God has allowed us to receive. Amen. So I want to talk about uh, some of the challenges that we have with managing through conflict and some of those strongholds uh, that we encounter. I share with you all that I am working on the release of my first book, I wish I had some applause right there. (laughs) But I'm telling you, when I tell you that book is being birthed out of some really blood, sweat, and tears. And when I say blood, I'm talking about closing my eyes and getting bloodshot. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, Diary of a not-so-mad black woman. The Art of Corporate Warfare. Um, Keep praying for me. Because I got a deadline for the end of today to get my draft out. Today is Sunday. Uh, So I intended to get my draft out over to uh, the writer, uh, the editor, the expert, so that she can kind of look at what I got and give me a plan. And we can, you know, pretty this thing up so that we can get it out there to everyone. And it will be of use and a benefit. But I got a word for you. I got a word for you uh, that we are going to, uh, we're going to challenge. We're going to challenge ourselves. We are going to defeat the enemy, and we're going to trust God and walk in our purpose, walk in our power, and we are not going to be defeated by the enemy. Devil, your days are not numbered. They are up. They are up. You're not going to get us the same way you did yesterday. All right? So, okay. All right. So, let me get pull my notes up uh, and get to this word. All right? Those of you who are struggling in this area, listen. We're going to be talking about conflict. We're going to be talking about managing through that conflict. I'm going to try to give you guys some skills. Uh, I'm coming from uh, the book entitled working with difficult people written by amy cooper hakim and muriel solomon and then the um supplemental book the backup book uh powerful phrases for dealing with difficult people and then i've got some notes um that i put together some scriptures that we're gonna go through um and and we're just gonna get to it amen all right, I pray that this is a blessing to you. Let's get started. All right, let's get started. Um, this Anchor uh, podcast thing is so strange. I was, I was trying to, uh, to get back on here. But for some reason, I was adding the the music to the last segment, and it wouldn't let me back on. But anyway, I'm here now. I'm here now. What did I want to start with? Let's get into... let's, Let's look at Matthew chapter 12 verses 24 through 28 so let me let me start there as i kind of get my thoughts together i know y'all have been through it uh i don't know about y'all you know uh, to the to the extent that we go through with the people of this world and out here in the world but god has given us some answers he's given us some some answers and remember when we were talking about encouraging ourselves and, and being encouraged, we know that being in this world but not of this world brings many, many challenges. Uh, but we leverage the Word of God as our power source. We got to get in that word because anything, any questions that we have, any challenges that we have, the answer is in the word. It's in the word. All right. So we're going to learn how to cast down these strongholds uh, that we are challenged with. I told y'all I wanted to talk through the first chapter of this book, uh, Working with Difficult People. And we were going to focus on when your boss is belligerent. And we know that a lot of times when you have people who are narcissistic or bullies and things like that and position of leadership, it can can damage you. It can really, really damage you. You could feel defeated. And some of us leave our blessings prematurely. We got to know that at all times we are in spiritual warfare and either we're fighting or preparing for the fight. And see, the enemy knows that if he can wear us down to the point that we don't want to fight no more, we're going to try to sit it out. But one thing about spiritual warfare is you can't sit it out. He's going to beat you up anyway. Um, I I shared this before. My husband got me into boxing. And they tell you to uh, defend yourself at all times or be prepared at all times. I don't forget how the quote go. But the point of the matter is... You cannot let your guard down. And see, a lot of times we let our guard down because we get tired. I'm, I'm, I am I'm, the queen of that. You know, I get tired. I get sick and tired of fighting with family, fighting with husband, fighting with his family, fighting with my family, fighting with my kids, going to work and having a fight. And sometimes I just, uh, like uh, Elijah... I just get over there in that in that hole. <laughs> I say, God, I'm, I'm not fighting nobody. Let them go on and do what they want to do. But the problem with that is the fight don't stop. <laughs> you just go get beat up. So you might as well get these tools and lessons uh so that you understand the strategy for how to defeat the enemy. All right, I have pulled up Matthew 12 verses what I say, 24. Through 28, Matthew 12 24 through 28, and so it says, But the Pharisees, when they heard the report, were cynical black magic, they said, some devil trick he's pulled from his sleeve. Jesus confronted the, their slander, a judge who gives opposite verdicts on the same person cancels himself out. A family that's in a constant squabble uh, disintegrates. If Satan banishes Satan, is there any Satan left? If you're slinging devil mud at me, Calling me a devil, kicking out devils, doesn't the same mud stick to your own exorcism? Come on now. (laughs) But if it's by God's power that I am sending the evil spirit packing, then God's kingdom is here for sure. How in the world? Do you think it's possible in broad daylight to enter the house of an awake, able-bodied man and walk off with his possessions unless you tie him up first? Tie him up, though, and you can clean him out. Amen? (laughs) Ooh, that's good, that's good, that's good. So they're going to come and try to sling dirt on Jesus. And you know what? I'm sorry. I do this. I do this. Now, we done started, Uh, my family, we have started Bible study at my house. And the month of August, we kind of have slowed down, which we're going to pick it back up in September because everybody got so busy. And oftentimes, when I have the scripture ready and I get to read it, then I stop and I say, wait a minute, let's go back. And so we got to the point where I was just like, let's just read the whole chapter and then we'll pull out. Uh, the pieces that are relevant to the study because it's imperative that we know what's going on around the scripture. You know, sometimes people, ooh, and we got all these Christians, we just, we love to quote scripture. We love to, you know, show how we can recite because it was such an emphasis put on us to learn to regurgitate the word that we don't even put in context what it was talking about. Because we ain't read past that that Bible scripture, that memory scripture that we had. But anyway, I said all that to set y'all up because I'm about to to backtrack. We're going to reread this. But I'm going to Matthew 12. And we're going to start from uh, 22. And I think we're going to go all the way down to uh, 37. Uh, it looks like it, but if it, if it get too good, we're going to go all the way, all right? And, and don't be salty because some of y'all ain't even opened your Bibles this week anyway. So it's good that you're hearing the word. Again, Matthew 12 coming from the Message Bible, uh, no neutral ground, okay? So starting with verse 22, it says, Next, a poor demon-afflicted wretch, both blind and deaf, was set down before him. Jesus healed him, gave him his sight and hearing. The people who saw it were impressed. This was to be the son, this has to be the son of David. But the Pharisees, when they heard the report, were cynical. Black magic, they said. Some devil trick he's pulled from his sleeves. Now they talking about Jesus. They saying what well, he did and these the Pharisees, because remember they had a problem. The Pharisees were very regimented rule keeping people and they believed in the principles and the policies that were derived from the old Testament. And so when Jesus came and he started doing these things, they like, uh, no, 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 no. This, this gotta be some black magic. He's got to be pulling some slick, some tricks out of his uh, sleeve. And the word goes on to say Jesus confronted their slander. See, he didn't pretend like he didn't hear what they said. A lot of times we feel like as Christians, we cannot speak against these things. Now, I done heard what you said. I know what you're doing. And with your passive aggressive behavior, you sitting in my face acting one way and then you go behind my back. And go to others and start slandering my name. You are impacting, you are impeding my ability to lead these people. And this is relevant. It's very relevant as we get into these principles and these topics that we're going to talk about. But anyway, these jokers had the nerve to be slandering him in his face. All right. So he said, a judge who gives uh, opposite verdicts on the same person cancels himself out. Come on, oxymoron. you going to give an uh, opposite verdict. <laughs> you, you guilty. You not guilty. You know, you not canceled yourself out. Then he said a family that's in constant squabble disintegrates. Now that's the truth. I could tell you from our own family experience, when we are constantly at each other's heads, we're going to disintegrate and our family structure is going to be torn down from the very foundation. It's going to start cracking into the foundation and we will eventually disintegrate. If Satan banishes Satan, is there any Satan love? Come on now. If Satan banishes Satan, Come on. He ain't gonna banish yourself, first of all. If you're slinging devil mud at me, calling me a devil, kicking out devils, doesn't the same mud stick to your own exorcist? So y'all, y'all out here so-called uh uh slaying demons, exercising demons out of people, and then you wanna come and say what I'm doing is uh is is of the devil. Well, what does that mean? What are you doing? What are you doing? That's a reflection on what you're doing. And then it goes on to say, but if if it's by God's power that I am sending the evil spirits packing, then God's kingdom is here for sure. How in the world do you think it's possible in broad daylight to enter in the house of an awake, able-bodied man and walk off with his possessions unless you tie him up first? Tie him up. Tie him up, though, and you can clean him out. This is war and there is no neutral ground. If you're not on my side, you're the enemy. If you're not helping, you're making things worse. Now, see, this is the thing that we get challenged with. As Christians, we don't know how to cut people. We don't. We don't know how to cut. And what I mean is, let me be very clear, because I got caught up years ago, and you know, I kind of ostracized myself from people who I considered to be ungodly. Versus. As I matured, I learned to understand what type of relationship I needed to be in with individuals. Either I am here to minister to you, to be ministered to, or to pray your soul salvation because you just so far gone. <laughs> I can't even I can't even deal with you, you know. But the the point is everybody is not meant to be a part of your in inner circle, nor are they meant to be along your path for an extended period of time. Everybody has their place and their position. But the problem with us sometimes is that we want to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I'm telling you, I, I was going through a challenge in my life. I'm still kind of going through it. And, you know, despite where we are in life, <laughs> I still lean on my older sisters. I do, you know, and, and we are we are all estranged, we don't talk like we used to talk, but every now and then when I do get to communicate with them, and it it is extremely sporadic. So let me just be clear about that. But do but when I do get to communicate with them, I share my challenges, and they're always Kind of like my protector, like on my side, and it's 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 so funny because the way my family is, we could go through hell and whatever, but we have such a bond that if it's somebody outside of us, uh uh-uh, uh, nah, you out of order, and my sisters it more specifically the older ones even my oldest sister i would say she and i have never developed you know kind of like a tight-knit bond you know where i would say oh man you know my sister you know whatever we we just our personalities were just too conflicting even through childhood and and, and that may or may not change as we get older you know we got our 60s to, to get to but even her even with her my oldest sister she got my back, you know, uh, and my other sister. So anyway, I was dealing with this challenge. And so I was sharing it with my sister and it was like, it, it was embarrassing to me. It was embarrassing that I had to feel that this individual was being disloyal to me and not protective. And, you know, it just, it, it feels some kind of way you, you are vulnerable when you have a human expression that is like okay you you should have an expectation because you have this type of relationship with this person you should expect their loyalty and you are loyal to them now expecting it and forcing it two totally different things but to expect it you know whatever so i'm having this conversation with her and like, real quick, she snapped me out of it. And it's like, we back on Abbeyton again. I'm back to telling her about what happened in my class in the third grade, <laughs> you know, when somebody was, was messing with me and, 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 and that big sister hat came on. And it's like, no. Absolutely not. You should have an expectation. You should express that expectation. And within that expectation, set the boundaries that establish the guardrails for that relationship. And if that person can't comply, I don't care who they are, cut them off. <laughs> cut them off. Cut them off. And, and, and little did she know, she didn't know she was she was preaching From Matthew 12 and 30. Because the word of God said, this is a war. There's no neutral ground. If you're not on my side, you're the enemy. If you're not helping, you're making things worse. I personally, Dawn, am not neutral when it comes to my children. I'm just not. I'm sorry. They some boogers. They some You know, such and such every now and then. But when it comes to their welfare, I am not neutral. Sorry, son in loves. Sorry, daughter in loves. But them, my babies. Now, I like to be fair and I like to be, you know, uh, practical, you know, all of those things. But at the same time, in other words, I'm not going to do anything intentionally to hurt harm or endanger my children okay so i just put that out there but uh you know i'm not neutral i'm not neutral same same thing with my husband i'm i'm not neutral when it comes to my husband i'm I'm just not you know my mom you know certain people in my life (laughs) and and again going back to my relationship with my sisters the same with them you know they ain't they ain't gonna be neutral you know you and my my mama you know she's just as sweet as she wants to be but when it comes to her kids you know anybody outside of her kids it's just the dynamics of our our subculture within our unit we were raised that way you know so uh what was i saying okay so it's saying no neutral ground because it's not It's not. Stop acting like it's neutral, neutral ground. The problem is a lot of us allow these sabotagers to come in under the guise of I hold this position in your life. Therefore, let me enter in. Right. And we let our guards down and we allow ourselves to be vulnerable in areas that we ought not be. That's why we as Christians could put on the full armor of God and then walk out and get smacked up. And we still, you know, knock down and feel defeated. Okay. All right. I just got interrupted right when I was getting good into it, right when I was getting good into it. All right. So y'all got my point on this is a war and there is no neutral ground. If you're on my side, uh, I mean, if you're not on my side, you're the enemy. And if you're not helping, you're making things worse. All right. So keep that in the back of your mind. You know, sometimes we, we... We attach loyalty to the wrong thing and the wrong people in the wrong time. All right. It goes on to say there's nothing done or said that can't be forgiven. But if you deliberately persist in your slanders against God's spirit, you are repudiating the very one who forgives you. Come on now. Let me reread that. There's nothing done or said that can't be forgiven. But if you deliberately persist in your slanders against God's spirit, you are repudiating the very one who forgives. If you reject the Son of Man out of some misunderstanding, the Holy Spirit can forgive you. But when you reject the Holy Spirit, you're sawing off the branch on which you're sitting, severing by your own perversity all connection with the one who forgives. Now, in other words, y'all want to say it ain't no unforgivable sin. It is an unforgivable sin when you reject God. When you reject God and see by rejecting the son of man, you are in essence rejecting him by smiting the Holy Spirit and cutting off the Holy Spirit. You are sawing off or severing uh, yourself with that connection with the one who forgives. It goes on to say, if you grow a healthy tree, you'll pick healthy fruit. If you grow a diseased tree, you'll you'll pick healthy warm worm eating or i'm sorry let me reread that if you grow a healthy tree you'll pick healthy fruit if you grow a diseased tree you'll pick one wor- worm eaten fruit the fruits tell you about the tree come on the fruit The fruit of the tree, that's going to tell you about it. Now, I ain't got to figure out if you're for me or if you're against me. I'm going to know by way of your actions. I'm so sick of people surrounding me and coming up under me. And really, sometimes folks just want to get close enough to you to get what you got. That's the first thing. And secondly, to know what you know. People want to come around you and be around you and act like they got you and got your back, but you running off, taking my information and sharing it with others. One of my biggest, biggest pet peeves about folks, and this is why I don't let everybody in my inner circle, is that you may be cool with somebody. (laughs) Y'all might be cool. But my relationship with you has nothing to do with my relationship with them. And if I disclose something that puts me in a vulnerable state or or I expose something sensitive to you, don't go running telling people my business without my permission because people prey on your pain. And people who are not in, 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 in a mature spiritual space will allow themselves to be used by the enemy and allow those strongholds to cause them to come and attack me. So anyway, anyway, I I just can't stand that. So uh, 34, where was I 34. You have minds like a snake pit. How do you suppose what you say is worth anything when you are so foul minded? It's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. <laughs> the, a good person produces good deeds and words season after season. An evil person is the blight of the orchard. Let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation, and words can be your damnation. Come on, now. He's telling us right here in this scripture. He's telling us that uh, we got to be careful. This is this is a a um, very powerful and prominent. Weapon that God has given us, which is reality. See, we try to live in uh, this world of make believe because the Bible tells us, and we're gonna get into this scripture that we wrestle not against uh flesh and blood. You know, so so we try to we try to pretend like what's going on in reality ain't reality. Listen. What they say, you better learn how to call a spade a, a spade. <laughs> you better learn how to play this game. You better learn how to live this life, and you got to learn how to be in reality. You cannot keep giving people passes. Keep on giving folks passes, and 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 now you losing your mind because you have extended a consideration of loyalty. You don't you don't gave them the loyalty credit. And they ain't got no credibility. They're not showing you in any way that they got you. They got your back. That's important. That's important to know. Now, I'm not saying that if I'm, look, I'm wrong. You got to roll with me when I'm wrong. No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is don't be two faced and a backstabber and all of that stuff and not protecting me, all of that. No, uh uh. We're we going to eliminate that. And if y'all think that because we Christians, we're supposed to just take it. Sorry, somebody is. <laughs> <laughs> somebody is texting me right in the middle of this message. You hear me? Right in the middle of this message, my baby called me, which interrupted the first little segment. Now somebody texted me who is like, you know, like I said earlier, you know, some some folk rap for you, other folk don't, but some folk that rap for you when when you connect with them, they just kind of remind you of who you are. You know, everybody don't know Dawn from Abington. As a matter of fact, even my kids don't know. <laughs> they don't know Don from Abington. So it's good, you know, to, to kind of connect, you know, with my family. And y'all pray for me because I love them all. I love all my family members. But we just, we, we got some challenges. All right. So, so, so did y'all get that word? And you know sometimes like i said i like to get into the word i like to read the word because the reality is a lot of times we don't read the word we don't get into the word we don't read it and so it, one thing y'all gonna learn about prophet is i will read the word so it can get into your soul so you can hear it through that gate right and it get in there that, that seed is being sown but here the bottom line is what, what Jesus is telling them. Look, I ain't got time for y'all to be neutral. Cut out all that slander mess. We ain't got time for that because we're at war. And if you if you are my side, show me you on my side. But if you are going to continue to slander me, I want you to know you on the other side. It ain't, no, it ain't no gray area. It's black or white, hot or cold. We ain't got time for no lukewarm. And we have to take that model as a strategic weapon. To help us to align with allies. You need allies in this battle. You need allies. As we think about how we are prospering. God has brought us to a place. And I told y'all this at the beginning of the year. God said 2020 is going to be the year that he lays the foundation for the next 10 years. Now, we don't been through a pandemic. We don't lost all types of uh, uh Celebrities and things like that. Even even in my own family, we have been touched by death and and tragedy. So many adverse things has happened. But God said, I didn't change my mind. I didn't change my mind about what I said. But he's got to get our mindset right. We got to get our mentality right. We think that we could just go along like we have been for these last few years. God is saying, no, you are a warrior this is a war, you got to get up and fight, I got to give you the tools that you need, God has uh, declared our future and in that future we will prosper, we will prosper And, and I'm not no prosperity preacher, don't, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying if you get in a line and give me $100, God is going to give you a mansion because that's a lie. I'm not telling you that God is going to give you this business and and your best is yet to come. You know, you don't do anything, you know, with it. Faith without works is dead. That's a lie. I'm not about to lie to you, but I am going to tell you that God will prepare you for success. It ain't no shortcuts to this thing. It ain't no shortcuts. You ain't going to just get it through osmosis. It's not coming that way. Now, there are going to be few of us. There are going to be few of us who God is just going to take from one place and put you in another. Just strategically because he needs you there in order to progress the kingdom. But others of us, and I don't know who hear me is a part of that other. But others of us are going to be more than, that, than those select. And we got to learn how to strategize. These jobs that that God is, 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 is placing before us, we have to learn how to stay in season and not to leave before our season is over. I'm not saying that God will place you somewhere and you have to be there forever. That's not what I'm saying, but there is a defined set time for everything. You don't believe me? You got to go to Ecclesiastes and, and, and it'll break it down for you. There's a set time for everything. And so with us, because the enemy comes so strong and because he's he he doesn't he doesn't fight fair. God will bless us with a thing and the enemy will come right behind that blessing and bring the worst catastrophic war we ever experienced before and try to move us out of that blessing. If you don't believe me, you better ask the children of Israel when they came out of the wilderness. First thing they did, they had to fight. They had to fight. So this is a a strategic principle that we must learn and understand. It ain't no neutral ground. Either you're for me or you're against me. And it's just that simple. It's just that simple. It's is as black and white as what I said. Either you're for me or, or against me. And then we go down a layer. Then we go down a layer. If you're for me and you're there to help coach me and to help uh, 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 stretch me, then it may be some contention there. It may be something because in that stretching and that building and that pressing, you may feel some, some resistance. But once I know you for me, all of that is is, is secondary. I don't care because <laughs> I know you're for me. So you're going to keep me straight even if I don't want to hear what you got to say. But if you ain't for me and you coming at me to sabotage or to bring me down, then I got to, I got to, I got to the way I got to flow. Now, I'm not saying you got to fight like a butterfly and sting like a bee and start slapping folk around. That's not what it's about. Because we know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood and we about to go there now. But I just want to get the point out that there is no neutral ground before we start talking specifically about those people that come into our lives to sow discord and they belligerent. Those narcissists, those bullies, those monsters. But you got to get this first. You got to understand the foundation of what you're dealing with. All right, let's go, let's go, let's go. What's the next scripture that we got to work with? And look, I am not about to press myself for time because I ain't in nobody's church. And um, I'm on my podcast, so y'all have the liberty of pausing, walking away, and coming back. But trust me when I tell you, this is stuff, this is some good stuff. It's some stuff y'all got to know, and it's some stuff you're going to want to know. So I'm not going to pause my, I mean, not pause myself. I'm not going to uh, pause I'm going to pace myself, but I'm not going to rush myself. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. All right, Ephesians 6 and 12. Let's go to Ephesians 6 and 12. And more likely than not, we're going to have to probably read those scriptures above and beyond. So let's see what we got. Ephesians 6 and 12. All right. So actually, I'm going to go ahead and just read 12 through 24, because I think it's important that we do that. But we got to learn how to fight the fight to the finish. And the word of God says, and that about wraps it up. And we in the message Bible now. And if y'all don't like the pace in which I read, guess what? Fast forward and go read it for yourself. But it's cool. Y'all going to be all right with it. And that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best material, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way this is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours this is for keeps it's a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels come on now this is important this is important this is life or death we think that some of the stuff that we going through Uh, You know, we just having these mental issues or emotional issues. This thing manifests itself in the flesh and it is taking some folk up out of here. And even the ones that are left behind that ain't going nowhere, you are dying mentally. You are dying spiritually. Come on now. The word of God is real and it's telling us, it says, be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over, but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. What we talk about, how the enemy want to beat you down so that when it's all over, you cannot enjoy the victory. Truth, righteousness, peace. Faith and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. Let me say it again. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. How many of y'all wrote them words down? Y'all better get in the word. Learn how to apply them. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in our ongoing warfare. Prayer hard. I mean, pray hard and long. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirit up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Y'all y'all wonder why... Uh, I ask y'all all the time and I'm sincere in this, I'll say pray for me, pray for prophetess because I know that I need the prayers of the righteous. I need your prayers and trust and believe I am praying for you. But know that the word of God is a weapon. It's a weapon. It teaches us strategies. It's a tool to help us to tangibly get through these situations and circumstances that we go through. And the word of God goes on to say, and don't forget to pray for me. Pray that I'll know what to say and have the courage to say it at the right time. Telling the mysteries to one and all. The message that I, jailbird preacher, that I am, am responsible for getting out. (laughs) So he telling them, he said, look, pray for me, pray for me that I'll, I'll have the right words. I'll have the courage to say the right words, that the, the mystery that God is is sharing with me, I'll be able to share it because look, I'm just a jailbird preacher and, and, and I know that feeling. I know that feeling because God will give us a word And, and we'll look at ourselves and say, look, I'm just. You know, I'm just simple-minded Don from Abington. Four of 12. (laughs) Didn't really, didn't make a mark on nothing or nobody. You know, so who am I to tell them That you got to use the word of God as a weapon against the challenges that we're going through in this life. Who am I to tell them that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal? Who am I to tell them that God is still a God who sits high and looks low? God is a God of all things and a God that is all powerful and he will bring you out even under the sound of my voice. Even if the words don't register with you, that the word of God will be seeded in your soul. And that in and of itself is enough to pour you out. Who am I? So I get what he's talking about. Now this word, this name, I always get mis- mixed up and I probably need to go on Google and tell them to pronounce it for me. Actually, I could do it through this, um, this app here. But Tycheus, Ty, is T Y C H I C U S, and it says my good friend here will tell you what I what I'm doing and how things are going with me. He is certainly a dependable servant of the master. I've sent him not only to tell you about us, but to cheer you on in your faith. Goodbye, friends. Love mixed with faith be yours from God, the Father, and the Master, Jesus Christ. Pure grace and nothing but grace with all who love the Master, Jesus Christ. So he's coming to them and he wants to encourage them. Amen. But he wants them to understand that we are not In a wrestling match, we are not wrestling against physical beings. We are wrestling against rulers with various areas of descending order of authority. He's telling us we are wrestling with these rulers on high. Okay. We are not wrestling with physical bodies because some of y'all, y'all probably strong, at least in your head. (laughs) <laughs> At least in your mind, you could probably beat up every person that come against you, and it's so funny because uh, I don't even want to go there, but I'm gonna have to go there. You know, when people threaten me, because I think that that people see me as weak because of my kindness and my love towards them. So automatically, they assume that you know I'm 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 soft. <laughs> I'm soft. So when somebody had the audacity to inadvertently or indirectly try to threaten me, I just laughed. Because I'm like, yeah, I mean, in your head, you may be able to accomplish all of these things. But what do you think you're going to be doing while you... I mean, I'm going to be doing while you doing what you doing, you know. And I don't profess to be tough, you know, but I know how to handle myself, <laughs> you know. But anyway... We ain't wrestling against flesh and blood. Now, y'all, y'all be clear about that. We are wrestling against these rulers on high, and they have descending order of authority. See, sometimes we feel like we we are only equipped to fight the head hon- honcho, but we don't want to fight those little you know minions or whatever you might want to call them or in the reverse we feel like we only have power to fight the little minions but when it comes to the honchos we can't fight but when you come out of the natural when you come out of the vein of the physical and go into the spiritual you become high ranking in authority you you become high ranking in power because your power is predicated on the power of Jesus Christ. The power of Jesus Christ. And that is all powerful. We're, we're fighting against the world dominators in this present darkness. We're, that's what we're fighting against. When I look at all of this mess on social media that is getting on my last night, Listen. I really wish some folk battery would would die when they start recording some of these little petty arguments. Why are y'all recording a simple petty argument where you're inappropriate, they're inappropriate? Both of y'all could have walked away. Y'all could have even argued (laughs) for two seconds and and went on about your business with somebody that you're never going to see again. Y'all want to record it. And put it on social media, and it's a whole 45 minutes that we don't watch of some foolishness that could have been resolved. Okay, that irks me. And I'm not saying that some of these videos, some of them are required, we need them to shine a light on this darkness to show people, but some of y'all are just getting ridiculous. And I'm 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 gonna be honest about it. But we are indeed fighting against world dominators. Of this present-day darkness, we are fighting against it. All of this systemic racism that we're hearing about, all of these evil-spirited people. I could not believe what I what I watched when, um, oh Lord, all of these names. It's so sad that we've gotten so many uh, that were murdered this year. Uh, you know, through these violent racist acts that we can't even say their name. And this is something that has been consistent with our history since we have been Americans. You know, what we're seeing today with the police brutality and with the murders of, of African-Americans, it ain't new. It ain't new to us. You know, even in our own communities, you know, murdering and killing each other. That, that's not new. It's just that we're exposing it in a different view. Right. But the one young man who was I think he was in Georgia and uh, they followed him. And they shot him. And that level of evil, that it that was not derived from, originated by anything that is natural. It did not come from physical form. That was a spiritual demonic evil, that was rooted in demonic uh, influence. And 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 nobody can change my mind. Those are demons. Those are demons that are cast into the souls of these people and being uh, manifested through their actions and behavior of of killing. And murder. they hunted that boy down. They hunted that young man down and killed him. We're fighting against spiritual hosts of wickedness. In heavenly places, in those heavenly places that we talked about one time, I told you all about the heavens, the first heaven, the second heaven, and the third heaven, and that God uh, sits above the heavens. But that heavenly place, those are the demons that we're fighting against. And I love the Message Bible. I love the Message Bible. I am so grateful to God. For its interpretation. Because it's showing you. It's showing you. We Look. We at war. We're at war. And you got to know. Your opponent. You got to know your allies. As well as. Who you're fighting against. We ain't fighting no flesh. Stop fighting flesh. Stop fighting flesh. I'm telling you. I w- Ooh, ooh, ooh. It, it, it's a lot of times I want to go there, but the Lord says, "Shh, it's 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 not a physical battle. It's not a physical battle." And 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 God got me so to the point where I be willing to say something, and God said, "Well, wait a minute. Did you even attack this in the spirit? How dare you!" How dare you? You're not permitted to, to challenge this uh, uh, tr- tribulation that you're facing until you go to war, until you war in the spirit. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. All right, let's go to Genesis uh, 1 and 1. Let's go to Genesis 1 and 1. Let's see what we got here. I'm probably gonna have to tell Miss Mary she is on her way over here and I was going to go. Somebody got some dolls. A lady uh is doing an estate sale and she's got some dolls. Um, and I want to go get them. The mom passed away, and um, and she got some dowels, but I gave myself a budget of um $100 a month. I won't spend more than that on my hobby. So, I don't know when she get over here. We may just chill for a minute. Alright, so Genesis 1 and 1 says, first this, God created the heavens and earth. You all, I mean, all you see, all you don't see. Earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, and inky blackness God's spirit brought it like a bird above the watery abyss so it's telling us that God created the heavens and the earth amen let's go to the next um, let's go to the next scripture in second Corinthians 12 2 through so we can better understand about these heavens and the earth. There's only one earth. And that's why I say a lot of times, you know, people people be sleeping on the Jehovah Witnesses because God gave them a revelation about this paradise on earth that um, some of us just can't get with. But they know what they're talking about because when this all these things pass away. I believe that there are gonna be some humans who are going to once again after Adam and Eve experience heaven on earth. Second Corinthians 12, 2 through 4. 12. I said 12, not 2. 12, 2 through 4. All right, so it starts us at 1. It says, You uh strength from weakness. Let's see. Did I say 2 Corinthians 2 through 4? You forced me to talk this way and I do it against my better judgment. But now that we're at it, I may as well bring up the matter of visions and revelations that God had given me. For instance, I know a man who 14 years ago was seized by Christ and swept in ecstasy to the heights of heaven. Come on. I really don't know if this took place in the body or out of it. Only God knows. I also know that this man was hijacked into paradise. Again, rather in the body, I don't know. God knows. There he heard the uns- unspeakable spoken, but was forbidden to tell what he heard. This is the man I want to talk about. This, this is the man I want to talk about, but about myself and... I'm not saying another word apart from the humiliations. All right so that scripture is telling us about the heavens, the heavens so that's giving us confirmation there. and here's how we break down the heavens and like I said I did a I did a podcast on that just what God had revealed to me about the heavens the first heaven, Is the visible heaven. That's where the sun, the moon, and the stars go. And if you all remember, I talked about the, I talked about God being a God of principles. And there are standard standards that have to be applied to our existence in each of these atmospheres. And we have earth. We have the first heaven, we have the second heaven, and we have the third heaven. And the way that God had given it to me is that we have to have our suits on as we are in these atmospheres. So in the earth, we are bound to an earth suit. So you ain't seeing nobody walking around here that ain't got an earth suit on. That's why these spirits attach themselves to people. Or, we've even seen in the Bible, animals, right? Because you have to have an earth suit to legally reside in this area. Now, it's not to say that you can't come in this space for a certain period of time and exist. It just means that you cannot be here for a long time. The same with the first heavens. The first heaven is where we see the sun, the moon, and the stars. And they say that man has walked on the moon. They say, and we know that we have entered into that atmosphere, but we have what? An earth suit. I mean, a a space suit to get into those environments. Even we go as far up as, you know, some of us who get in in airplanes, we can get so far up in that atmosphere, but we still need, you know, we need, you know, the frame of those airplanes, you know, and and all of that. So you need some type of guard or, or suit. The second heaven is between God's heaven and the visible heaven, which is the enemy's kingdom. See, remember... I challenge where people say that this is this is this world belongs to Satan and it's ruled by Satan no it's not ruled by Satan God never uh he it, he never took away man's dominion never not ever you and if you can show me in a bible where it says that then i'm telling you i i repent But it ain't nowhere in the Bible when sin was committed there were were very distinct uh, uh, punishments that were given to Satan Lucifer, whatever you want to call (coughs) them, Adam and Eve and let's start with Eve her punishment was it was twofold one you gonna love your husband. <laughs> you gonna love that man <laughs> beyond your ability to not to cut him off. And we all know we still dealing with that. You know that. I don't know. Some people will say that wasn't a part of the curse, but but I'm just saying what the word of God says. See, you you gonna have a love for that husband, and when you go to bear a child, you will have pain. So we're still living that out. That's a part of the punishment. For the sin that was committed. For Adam, the, the consequence was you got to leave paradise. you you you're getting evicted. You're no longer here. And if for Satan, it was okay. The seed of the woman is gonna stop all over your head. <laughs> so so back to Adam, we ain't in paradise. You know, we we, we had to leave, but we have returned. We will return when paradise is returned to the earth, which is what, um, you know, the Jehovah, Jehovah Witnesses, they, they teach that so well. But we're still living that today. And when it comes to Satan, we're stepping all over his head, right? We are the seed of Eve. Not one time did God say, the dominion that I gave you, Adam, I take it away. Because we never lost that dominion. The second heaven is where Satan and those third that came with him. That's where they are reigning today. That's that's what's going on there. And then the third heaven, that's where the angels and God dwell. where, where Where he dwells at times. Because we know that he dwells even above the heavens. That's that's where Jesus sits on the right hand of the Father. And yet, in Ephesians 4 and 10, we know that he's ascended above all the heavens. The, The picture that I'm trying to paint for you is that as we look at these strongholds, as we go through these battles, we have to... Have a realistic view of what's actually going on. We gotta leverage the tools, the strategies that God has given us. We can we have to live in reality, we have to remain in reality to, to sustain our, 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 our success. It it does no one any good for us to pretend like we're living in a false world we know that people are evil we know that people are, are are fueled by the desires of their flesh as well as the coaxing of the enemy So when we try to sit around and play like we ain't going through what we going through that ain't helping nobody but the enemy. Look at Daniel uh, 10 verses 2 through 3 and then 12 through 13 and 20, uh, Daniel 20 verses 11 and 1. And I want you to meditate on the word in those scriptures because we have to learn that we got to pray our way through. We got to pray through these uh, satanic powers that come over our cities. Then we gotta pray through these satanic powers that that drive these so-called nationalists, these races, these earthly kingdoms that we have developed that we feel like we can use. We can justify evil towards mankind because of these kingdoms that we built up. I the most ignorant, idiotic thing that that I'm always challenged by is is capitalism and how we feel <laughs> that because we have built a kingdom on capitalism we got a right to maintain our position in that kingdom. What in the world? That is contrary to the word of God. God is the only owner of all things. We don't own this. But yet, through our own manipulation, and I'm going to call it what it is, manipulation of kingdom principles, we have set ourselves up to be the rulers of this world by our material uh, belongings. And we wonder why we got so much discord in our nation and so much strife in our nature, because nation because it was built on a ungodly foundation that said, look, we're going to take the rights of human beings, God's children, and we're going to use that to perpetuate our own interests And to solidify our capitalistic needs. And we're going to misuse and abuse God's people. Do y'all think that God is not going to bring a day of reckoning before the return of Christ? That's why we're seeing everything that we're seeing. But the point that I'm trying to make is we have to pray our way through it. We got to pray our way through it. And we have to seek God for wisdom. We have to listen. We have to hear from Him and we have to be transparent and vulnerable before God and let Him know. We don't know the answers. We don't know how to deal with it. I'm coming to y'all today because I guarantee you somebody prayed because they were tired of going through what they were going through. God, I don't know the answer in and of myself. I don't know. So God sent me to say, look, here are some principles and if you follow them, See, the answers be before us. A lot of times I put out these podcasts and I say, y'all listen, y'all listen, and y'all take it passively. <laughs> Not understanding that God has given us the answers in his voice and in his word. It ain't me. Forget about Dawn. Well, her simple-minded self, I'm bringing the word of God and I'm bringing solutions to problems because he wants us to get breakthroughs. All right? The biggest weapon that God has given us to intercept the tactics of the enemy or to intervene in in the spiritual realm is intercession. That's the biggest thing he's given us. And when I tell you when I tried to get the family to come and let's pray, let's let's get together, let's pray together, I came under su- such an attack, I knew what it was. <laughs> I knew what it was. Because the enemy know, if we start praying together, whoo, whoo, who. Alright. So, let's go to a, a more common uh, scripture that we know about. And Ephesians uh, 6, 13 through 18, and just because of time, I'm not even going to read through any more of these scriptures, but I love reading through the scriptures, but I got to get to uh, these principles from this book that I want to share with you all. So, um, we got to put on the whole armor of God. We got to have our, word, our, our waist girded with truth. We got to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Get into Ephesians, what I say, 6, 13 through 18. We got to have our feet show with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We got to put on the shield of faith. The helmet of salvation. Salvation. Think about why is the helmet, why, why is it a helmet of salvation? That's because we got to save our own thoughts, our way of thinking. And I told y'all before that While we cannot control the thoughts that come into our mind, we can manage them. And our thoughts filtered through our emotions derive our behaviors. So it's it's real simple. It's real simple. God made it so simple for us. But we got to apply these principles to our lives. If you want to manage your thoughts, Get those emotions in check. Don't dismiss the emotions because they are great tools for helping us to understand what areas need to be need action. We gotta gotta arm ourselves with the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Which is the word of God. I got so frustrated the other day when I told y'all that They told me that I didn't get that one job, and I was so frustrated. I was like, wait a minute. How are you going to tell me that I qualify less than someone else when I'm the one who's designing and defining your program, your, your standard procedures, with little to no help from you. So how are you going to tell me I don't? You know, I got so frustrated. But the thing that frustrated me the most was that I heard God. I felt like I heard God say, this is yours. <laughs> this is yours. It's for you. And when this played out, I was like, well, what? Wait a minute. How in the world did this happen? And I know I heard from God. God said, "Wait a minute. You sure you heard from me? You sure that wasn't a process of your own thinking? Because I didn't get into my prayer room and 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 go and pray and ask God, and I, stuff was just happening. And that was the lesson learned for me. But anyway, so uh, waging the spiritual war, we got to pray." always that's what Ephesians 6 uh, and 18 is telling us pray always pray without ceasing pray without ceasing how do we bind up the strong man the other day I was I was uh you know cuz I told you I'm going through some challenges with my children at this season and and I decided to begin to shift my prayer because I was praying at some point I said Lord when they are in a season of indecision this, this is my famous prayer I like to pray this one cover them shield them protect them let no hurt harm or danger come upon them the Lord said pray for their salvation pray for their soul, salvation, that that strong man is bound up and that they receive deliverance. (laughs) Matthew 12 and 29, I want y'all to get in there and read it, apply the word. Don't just read the word, apply the word of God. All right, so let let me end this segment with this before I get into this book. That God has given us all of the necessary spiritual weapons that we need. Go back to 2 Corinthians 10, uh, chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. I want you to read through that. But I also want you to know what those spiritual weapons are. Number one is prayer. 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 I want you to pray. Learn how to pray. Matthew 18, 8 through 20. We got to learn how to bind up these spirits. We got to learn how to war. And we got to learn how to harmonize with the will of God. The other weapon that God has given us is thanksgiving. Be thankful. Be the one that goes back and thank God. Don't just allow yourself to be in situations and circumstances and God continue to bring you out and you just go on about your business. Come back and thank him. Get in your word. Read John 6 and 11, uh, John 23 and John 11 uh, and, and 41, okay? The other thing is praise. Praise God. Praise him. Being thankful is the entryway into praise, but thanksgiving is not praise. You got to learn how to praise God. Psalms 8 and 2, 2 Chronicles 20, 21 through 24, and Acts 16, uh, 25 through 26. And finally, the weapon that God has given us is proclamation. You got to proclaim the word. You got to declare the word. You got to speak the word. Sometimes God needs a mouthpiece in the earth to enact his will because he will not contradict himself. And I told you, all it's some principles, it's some principles to this thing. And you have to align with the godly principles and God is not going to revert backwards. So he's not going to go against his word. We got to declare these proclamations, Revelations 12, 7 through 11. ask God to give you revelatory gifts ask God, ask Him and trust Him to give it to you, 1 Corinthians 12 verses 7 through 11 right. so I gave y'all the word now I want y'all to get into the word, learn how to pull down and cast down these strongholds the main thing that we're learning is that we got to be in reality but knowing that it is a spiritual war they cannot be defeated by flesh and blood. we got to fight it in the spirit. All right, so let me move on to giving you guys these uh, principles from this book because I love this book and it will shed some light on some things. All right, love y'all. Talk in a minute. If I have to record this one more time, (laughs) Um, so I'm going to go through this book. And so without editing, without stopping, it is what it is. Y'all going to get what you get, because I promise you, if I redid this recording one time, I did it at least 10 (laughs) Probably not 10, probably like 7. But anyway, uh, because I've been having interruptions and then, you know, at first I wanted to go through the outline for this book. And that just got too long, so I had to re-record. right, so let's get started. I want to share with you or introduce you all to the book entitled Working with Difficult People. So this is the second revised edition. And the subtitle is Handling the 10 Types of Problem People Without Losing Your Mind. And it's written by Amy Cooper Hakeem and Muriel Solomon. So our focus today, I wanted to share with you part one, dealing with hostile uh, or angry people. Okay, so dealing with hostile or angry people And then the first chapter that we're going to read through is uh, when your boss is belligerent. So I'm going to skip through this, but I like the way that they kind of lay this out. So first they lay out the description of the characteristic of this um, type of, of problem person. And then they give you the strategy. And then they give you the tactics that you can use Uh, to combat uh, these. So I'm going to be doing a lot of reading and I'm going to be doing a lot of sharing from uh, what is in the book. And the reason that I'm going to do that is because I feel like it's so important for you to get it for yourself. All right. So I'm going to do this. um, So I'll, I'll, I'll be doing a lot of reading. All right. So part one, dealing with hostile or angry people. So what it says is, what do people with personal problems do when they had to work? They stuff their troubles in their briefcase and growl at anyone who gets in their way. Some are chronic belligerents who take out their anger on who? On you. They are so weighted down by jealousy, and I'm going to say envy, rage, or resentment that only by throwing stones at others do they get the lift they need to go on. To overcome their inferiorities and anxiety, they act in a superior and aggressive way. They actually need to intimidate and deflate you and treat you as a non-person in order to bolster their own feelings of self-worth. Come on. We know a lot of people like this. Whether you are their boss, colleague, or subordinate, they'll find your vulnerable areas and whack you right at your Achilles heel. And what... Do you do when that happens? You get angry too. And think about how badly you've been treated. As long as you sit there licking your wounds, you're you're not focusing on how to deal with these belligerents to get the results you want. Now, ain't that powerful? Ain't that powerful? Do you know how difficult it is to deal with the intangibles of someone's intention because, and I say this oftentimes that God measures us from, uh, the intent of the heart versus the output of our actions. But sometimes we have these intuitions or perceptions of our experiences that we can't quite put our hands on, put our finger on, but you know, we may find ourselves on, the outpath of someone else's troubles. And, you know, we, we get railroaded because we're dealing with people who are in position of authority and even sometimes those who are subordinate to us and even our peers, you know, we, we get run over and run down because we don't know how to deal with them. All right, so let me continue on. Chapter one, when your boss is belligerent, And so it calls out these three characteristics. And again, I'm going to do a lot of reading, but the thing I don't think I'm going to read and I might, it just depends on when I get there, is that what you're thinking part. That's the only part of this book. That's the only part of this book that I really didn't like where she just started breaking down. OK, this is what you're thinking. And this is what the, nar- the narcissist uh, is thinking. And I don't know, maybe let's see how it goes. But uh, I'm like, how do you know? what? I'm-? All right. Um, back to the chapter. So when your boss is belligerent, first, let's admit it. We've all pulled idiotic maneuvers, and frankly, we deserved it when the boss got enraged. Managers correct mistakes—that's their right. But no one can give a boss the right to call you an ignoramus, especially in front of an audience. Somehow, you have to—I'm sorry—somehow you have to reduce the abuse dished out by narcissists bullying and heartless villains telling them off and storming off out in a huff won't help you the fleeting satisfaction you receive from landing a verbal punch is a luxury you cannot afford all right so i can read (laughs) but i got a little stumbled on that so i'm just gonna reread that that um, paragraph real quick and then I'll, I'll go smoother through it. It's just taking me a second. All right. So let's see. Let's start back at the top. First, let's admit it. We've all poured idiotic maneuvers and frankly, we deserve it when the boss gets enraged. Managers correct mistakes. That's still right. But no one can give a boss the right to call you an ignoramus, especially in front of an audience. Somehow, you have to reduce the abuse dished out by narcissists, bullying, or heartless villains. Telling them off and storming out in a huff won't help. The fleeting satisfaction you receive from landing a verbal punch is a luxury you cannot afford. We're going to look at a better method of letting go of the hurt and going after what's really important to you, getting ahead in your job. You'll choose different strategies depending on whether or not the boss is intentionally hostile. Either way, you can't assume you know what bosses want from you. They themselves must tell you what's on their minds. However, you can't reason with the enraged. Wait until the boss calms down, then talk it over, at least agree on objectives. Listen hard, plot your strategy, and think before you speak up. That's how to handle a hostile boss. All right. So I hope that wasn't too painful, but I wanted to read through that. Now, here is the description. (laughs) A narcissist, a narcissist, or I'm sorry, narcissists are ego-driven, big-headed, cold-blooded individuals who expect total loyalty from others without being loyal in return. Come on now. Narcissists. Narcissistic bosses take all the credit for any successes at work and lash out at those who do not demonstrate their trustworthiness. They are sneaky because they outwardly appear cool, calm, and collected. Yet those who know them feel that they are a ticking time bomb and tiptoe around them so as not to be in their path narcissists have an uncanny ability to make you feel like gold one moment and like dirt the next when they explode is with a no holds bar attitude anything is fair game including exposing information that was shared in private of course your boss should expect loyalty Be clear. However, not knowing when you will be in the hot seat is demoralizing and unnerving. All right. So I said I wasn't going to read this part, but I am because it's the next part and it gives you context. All right. So so here's here's what you're thinking. So she's giving you an example of what you're thinking. She's 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 plotting out the scenarios. Right. What you're thinking. When I took this job, I had no idea that my published, that my, I'm sorry. When I took this job, I had no idea that my polished boss could be so mean. I've learned that my day is much more pleasant if I can stay below his radar. Knowing that my actions are constantly being scrutinized has me jumping out of my skin Just the other day, my boss praised me privately and then outwardly embarrassed me five minutes later because he felt that I crossed him. That's, or what's next? Why is he so flippant and hypercritical? A narcissist thought. This is in contrast to your thinking. The narcissist is thinking, I'm responsible for the whole team. None of these workers would be anywhere without me. I can be someone's best friend or worst enemy. If people cross the line with me, then they deserve to be exposed and ridiculed. After all, why should I expect workers? Why should I respect workers who aren't loyal to me? See, this is exactly why I didn't want to read this these two thoughts because I don't know, my brain just slows down because I can't wrap my mind around those thoughts, but I love the strategy. So here's the strategy. Your goal, so when dealing with the narcissist, your goal is to be treated with respect by reducing hostility and developing mutual trust. All right, so that's the goal. Number one, you must respect yourself. You can speak up without either cringing or being insubordinate. Narcissists, Narcissists will show immediate respect or um, they'll they'll show respect to people who respect themselves because they prey on people who are uh, insecure. All right. Number two, clarify expectations. Don't leave a conversation without fully understanding what is expected. Then create a paper trail by recapping your conversation by email. And again, like I said, you can use this in your professional life or your personal life. All right? Number 3. Highlight priorities. Stress what's important to the company, getting assigned work completed and performed well. So, anytime you're dealing with a narcissist, even outside of the workplace, you can use these three strategies. Respect yourself, Clarify expectations and highlight priorities when you are under the rule or leadership of a narcissist. Okay. Tactical talk. You know what? I don't like, I don't like anything, but really the description and the strategy. So if y'all want to dig deeper into these get the book because I struggle with that the thinking part and I know I'm gonna struggle through this tactical talk part so I just want to give y'all some techniques and I think this would be best all right so here's a tip narcissists lack self-confidence which is why they are so quick to turn on you if your actions will make them look bad Emphasize your loyalty while standing your ground and you'll be back on their good side in no time. Still, always keep one eye open due to their unpredictable nature. All right. So let's talk about bullies. Bullies. Bullies are habitually cruel, threatening your present present and future because loss of control frightened them. Bullies believe they can maintain control if they use hate and fear as weapons. They appear self-confident and strong because they, are in, because they intimidate weaker people. If you submit or act afraid or react with rage, that proves to them that you are inferior and deserve to be disparaged. When these bosses belittle you, crushing your self-confidence with their authoritarian threats, your best defense is an offense. You have to stand up to the bully. All right. So hopefully that came through uh, the way that I thought (laughs) it should. I'm skipping through the thinking and the thoughts and going straight to the strategy. So here is the strategy. When dealing with a boss who is a bully, a superior who is a bully, either professionally or personally, your aim is to protect yourself, your job, by redeeming your self-esteem, thereby gaining the bully's respect. Stop accepting the situation. Arm yourself with friendliness and self-confidence and avoid a clash of wheels. All right. So first, practice confrontation at home home, or in private. You want to appear firm, strong, and unemotional. That's very important. You want to appear unemotional. Even if you're shaking in your boots, make a video of this practice run. Review it to perfect your content, your tone, and your body language. I'm telling you, this works. Everybody got this Zoom thing going on. So practice, practice, practice to make permanent. When you're dealing with bullies, practice confrontation. And that's where uh, these tactics are going to come into play. Uh, So y'all get the book. And, and go through these little scripts that she do Because I'm not reading them on all here Alright and number two the, the other strategy When dealing with bullies is Let bullies vent their anger Without interrupting them Sometimes y'all want to argue with a bully That ain't going to work Then focus on their concerns Alright In a pleasant tone Poise questions to get them to disclose What's really bugging them then uh, they may be bullies but they're human so don't be surprised if then they react positively when you show concern for their feelings alright the next one ruthless monsters and we deal with a lot of them hold on did I go through the tip Uh, okay here's the tip Bullies lose their power if you don't cower. Deep down, they doubt they deserve your respect. They admire you for speaking with self-assurance and confidence. So when they bombard, don't counterpunch. Win them over with your strong, firm, courteous demeanor. And I'm telling you, that is an art to master. But practice makes permanent. All right, Ruthless Monsters. Ruthless monsters take pleasure in causing you difficulty. Ruthless monsters also are hostile, but their joy is in catching you in a mistake and making you squirm with an "aha, gotcha look. They get their kicks out of attacking you or threatening to fire you and it's more delightful for them if they're uh, reprimand is given in front of your colleagues or customers. Ruthless monsters demand blind obedience but keep changing the rules to fit their whims. They berate you for errors they initiated and then not only deny any responsibility but also fail to show you a better way. With no let-up, ruthless monsters are deliberately mean. They can't disagree. I mean, I'm sorry. You can't disagree with them without making matters worse. You have to find a way to keep them from uh, sapping your spirit. You have to find a way to keep them from sapping your spirit and all but eradicating your ego. All right? Strategy. Your immediate goal is to reduce your daily stress on the job. (laughs) Amen. You can move along two tracks simultaneously. Number one, try a shock treatment. Stand up for yourself by asking your boss to please sit down. Looking him in the eye without blinking and calmly stating that you wish to be treated with the respect due another human being. Your unexpected action may get him to see you as a person instead of a punching bag. Number two, learn what recourse you have in your company. For instance, many organizations have anonymous hotlines for this very purpose. Your human resource professional can explain any grievance procedures. If your boss thinks his behavior may be tagged unprofessional, he'll want to do something to avoid getting in trouble. He very well may let up a little. (laughs) I don't know about that. All right. Anonymous feedback may be better. If you have no grievance procedure or are uncomfortable speaking with HR, write to the top boss, point to point to high turnover, low, low morale and other pervasive problems. Recommend better supervisory training, propose a formalized system that enables workers to make Suggestions to managers uh, positioned above their immediate supervision. All right. And the tip is if the torture continues and you're becoming a physical or emotional wreck, consider making a move sooner rather than later. All right. So there are many varieties of belligerent bosses. When a hostile boss attacks you, bottling up your feelings can make you ill. Learn to stand up for yourself and express your anger in a positive way. That's good for you and for your boss. As Eleanor Roosevelt wrote, nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent. If the hostility becomes overwhelming and you can't change the climate, keep your sanity by looking for work elsewhere. Uh In that case, don't grieve, leave. (laughs) All right, so this was talking about uh, belligerent bosses. And many of us deal with them. Many of us have had uh, had the challenge of working with those who are superior to us and belligerent. And let me see if anything in here can help us. You know what? I'm going to end right here because I've been doing a lot of talking and I need something to drink. And I'm not sure I really like uh, the style of just reading, you know, versus kind of talking through some of this. But I really want y'all to get it. I think I really want y'all to get it. So let me think through how I'm going to do the next chapter, if I even want to bring it. Uh, that way. And I want to go through some of these powerful uh, phrases. So let me think on it. Hopefully what I shared today uh, can help you and was helpful. Uh, If not, better luck next time. But I love you all. And for those who are challenged uh, in this season with uh, difficult people, I pray that God will bring your help and you'll receive deliverance. Amen. All right. Love you all. Bye-bye.